Hello and welcome to another episode of Fire Up Wine Down. I am your host, Deborah Trapin, and I am so excited for today's episode because you are about to meet somebody who is going to change your life. And by that, I mean, we are talking to the best-selling celebrity ghostwriter, Christine Whitmarsh, today. She helps authors, speakers, and personalities share their stories, communicate their messages, and build thought leadership platforms through their books. So if you are one of those millions of people out there who keep saying, I really want to write a book, listen up. As a ghostwriter for high-profile personalities since 2001, Christine's worked with major publishing houses, including Simon & Schuster, Penguin Group USA, Morgan James Publishing, and I'm sure a variety of others. Christine's also a number one Amazon bestselling author of the book, Personal Paparazzi, Your Brand Story Told Your Way. I love the name of that. Uh, her creative agency of professional writers and strategists has served clients worldwide since 03. So they've got a lot of experience under their belt. So the company she serves, business leaders, entertainment personalities, and other thought leaders, she's really helping them by writing and publishing their books and then building solid brand platforms around those books with content marketing, social marketing, and, uh, social media marketing, and other strategies. Her personal mission, which I absolutely love this, her personal mission is to change the world one story at a time. So without further ado, meet Ms. Christine. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Christine. Thank you. Thanks for that awesome introduction. I think you covered it all. <laughs> I just, I, I love the fact that you help people get books out. <laughs> like, get it out of yourself. There's, that's, uh, what do you think it is? What do you think it is that holds people back from actually writing a book? It's so many things. And I, I was talking about this earlier today. There's a lot of vulnerability, especially if you're going to write a really good book. And the way I define a really good book or even a great book is the one that can really make a difference in someone's life. I mean, those are the ones you talk about, you know, what causes books to go viral, what makes books sell. I mean, sometimes you can push the boulder up the mountain all you want. But the fact is, what makes books sell is that they're so great. They're so compelling. They're so vulnerable. They're so emotional. They're, it's just those ones that you keep promising yourself one more chapter, I'm going to go to bed, and then it's 4 a.m. Those are the ones that are great stories where the author just doesn't hold back, and they put their story and their message out there, even if it's kind of messy sometimes. Those are the ones that go viral. Those are the ones that people are like, you have to read this book. Oh, my God, this book is amazing. And that's what you want, and those are the books that we take pride on creating for our clients, those ones that just create that just emotional turbo reaction. Oh, I love emotional turbo reaction. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I love that. And so obviously you have a love, maybe even a love affair with books. I, I mean, your marketing is so spectacular. Like, I can't live without books. And so so what gave you the push to be again living kind of in that in that dream, right? Most of us want to be doing something we're passionate about and that fits our purpose. So how? Like, what did, what was it? I kind of, I, I popped out this way. I was born this way. I, <laughs> I, I think my first words to my mother were, mommy read to me. And I would just obsessively have her read books to me until I finally could read them myself. And then from there, at seven years old, I just was in the basement. Every, all the other kids were outside playing. And I was the vampire child in the basement, just writing short stories obsessively. So I, I just, I was born into a family of entrepreneurs and sports writers. So writers, means business equals me 
And it's just something that never went away. There have been, you know, different career paths along the way as I was trying to figure out how to make a career out of my passion. But the passion for storytelling, it just seemed to be something that was there at birth and it's only gotten bigger. I love that. So you have a very clever company name. Yes. Uh, Christine Inc. But Inc. is with a K. Which I find that I love clever. Clever is one of those things that, you know, it, it kind of makes you just kind of tilt your head to the side and go, isn't that awesome? So what, how did you come up with that? Was, was it, were you doing that on your own? Were you whiteboarding? Kind of give us the process of coming to Christine Inc. That would be my genius mother who is from the entrepreneurial side of the family. And I was freelancing. This was, gosh, 2001. It was after I did that first uh, celebrity book. And I was freelancing and just doing so many different writing services, whatever people needed to write. And writing is, you know, a challenge for a lot of people. So just kind of being the ghostwriter to everybody. And she said, you're doing so many different things. You're almost more of a company than a freelancer. You're like Christine Incorporated. So I'm like, Christine Incorporated, Christine and Christine. In no. I love it. Moms are just Mom. the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mom's rock. I love it. I love it. Um, and I love that she was kind of a spark in your entrepreneurial jump, especially since she had that spirit. You know, I think especially our mom's generation, they didn't use the word entrepreneurial or entrepreneur. It wasn't really in the vocabulary then, but I think a lot more of them actually are mm -hmm. spirited that way and driven to do those things. And I love seeing kind of this renaissance of that of that age group just going, it's my turn. You know, they're they're making crafts, they're selling stuff on Etsy, they're like, dude, I love it. I think it's so great. It, it's and we need we need that the generation before us to keep going and showing us you don't have to just put on the polyester pull-up pants and sit in front of your stories all day, right? Like that to me sounds like torture. <laughs> on the bus, you're going to Florida, you have no choice. See, my, yeah. mom, my mom is 76 and she just never stops moving from, from just morning until night. And she tells me, she says, well, this is the only way to prevent getting old is you never stop moving. She says, the moment I sit down in a rocking chair, that's when I'm going to get old. So I'm just going to stop moving. I'm just going to never stop moving. So oh, I love that's that. her secret to longevity is never stop moving. And that's, I, I, that's very powerful. And I think that it's, you know, their parents kind of did that, right? That was the generation where at oh 65, God. you were retired and you just kind of chill. Well, her father never stopped. He was the businessman. I, I don't think he ever stopped moving. <laughs> that's neat. Yeah. So you come from a long line of go-getters. I love it. So when you, one of the questions I love to talk about and the topics I love to, to just dig into is the word success. Because I think that in today's world, especially with all of the highlight reels that are shared on social media, our success can kind of get lost in the mix if we don't actually tell ourselves what it means to us. Mm -hmm. So if you had to give yourself the, this is what success looks like to me, Christine, talk, what, what does that look like to you? I'm still working on that one. Like I am most things in life. I feel like there's a lot of kind of lifelong homework assignments that we've been given. And the definition of that word, and you know I can geek out about words easily. The definition of that word I think is one of our, our homework assignments. I will say though, it's definitely one of those words that we need to define for ourselves because there's so many words out there that when we're looking for other people to define it, we're, we end up having people define us. So I would, so I just kind of, you know, that would be my message, I guess, to the 
you know, youngest generation, the college generation, is just be careful about the words that you define yourself versus the words that you let other people define for you. Because if you're letting other people define words for you, and I love that we're just speaking out about words here. Um, if you're letting people define words for you, all of a sudden, yeah, who are you now? You know, how do you know when you've achieved it? What's what you know? What's the metric? What's the measurable mark where you know you've achieved it? If you never really had control of the definition in the first place, and I think I'm getting very abstract on this, but success, I think, is one of those tricky words that you really have to keep control of, or else it'll just get away from you, and you won't know if you've ever achieved it. And that's when that's when the craft starts in your head, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I remember uh, we both know Shondell Slayton. Mm -hmm. Sutherland now, Shondell Slayton Sutherland. Uh, I met her back in 2002, and one of the one of the exercises that she took, I think it was part of her first or second like BU in 2002 group, and we had to fill out this sentence that was "I will feel successful when" or something like that. That's how I that's how I hear it now, right in my head, and how I you know coach people now to say like you need to fill that in. Like, is it, is it, you have more adventure? Is it, you know, you are living in a certain place? Like it, there's no right or wrong answer. And I think that's so exciting um, to just be in a, in a time and a place where we actually can define it. So don't waste the opportunity to define it because we don't know what tomorrow brings. There's so much crazy happening in the world. Another one of my favorite questions to ask, which you're totally going to love because you're a total word geek <laughs> is, what three words, like if somebody were to say, what three words describe Christine? What would those three words be? That's, I don't like questions. <laughs> uh, creative, passion, passionate, and driven are the first three that come to mind here. And I was just gonna say something about success is, oh, it's the little things too. So if, when you're talking about doing an assignment, like I will be successful when, I think people tend to do the, I have like a coach inside of me, I swear. Um, I, People tend to do the, you know, these huge, three huge milestones happen and they forget about just how will you be successful today? How will you know that today was a successful day? Maybe you know, it's nice to have those big mile markers in the distance, but don't let those be your only definitions of success or else it's really easy to get discouraged. So just little things like I'm in the process of publishing my novel now and I got some just great reviews from my editors last night. And I just had that. I'm just like, I'm just gonna have that now. I mean, yeah, it's not out yet. And there's so many steps to go, but it's very important to celebrate the little successes and not just be like, I will be successful when these three things happen. And wow, that's like a hundred miles away. That's so true. And, and that's why I also think that the feeling, like describing the feeling is also really important. You, will you feel free? Will you feel happier? What does that mean to you? So that's great. That's great advice. So, so let's kind of jump into um, a little bit on the, how do people start writing their books, right? So, so here's, I mean, I'm sure you get this question every day because of what you do. But as somebody who's actually written a book myself, people are always like, they're so amazed and blown away that, oh my gosh, I can't believe you, you actually did it. And, you know, I don't want to make it sound like it's the easiest thing I've ever done because it certainly wasn't. But I think that once I started it, I realized, okay, this isn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And, and so how do you get people to just make that first step to even talk to you and get it get the conversation started to get them out of their own way. 
Well, the conversation starts before I'm even on the scene. The conversation starts when enough people tell them, sometimes for a decade. I mean, it just it's amazing. It just depends on how quickly they listen. When enough people say to them, oh my gosh, Deborah, you have this amazing story and this message. And every time you tell it, it gives me chills. And this can transform people's lives. Now, some people only need to hear it once. And then they seek me out and say, I need to write my book. Some people have to hear it over and over again for years. I, I have a client I'm working with now that just his, his story, his life story is extraordinary, just beyond extraordinary. It blows people's minds. And it just took him the longest time to realize, wow, maybe I should write a book. And now, of course, it, just saying, is it interesting? Do you think anybody would be interested in my story? And if I told you his story, it would blow your mind. Like, he doesn't think that's interesting. And he's starting to finally get it now. But it took the whole book writing process for him to get that. He's an inter well, we're all interesting people, but his story is mind blowing. So it starts with, that's the very first step, is realizing that you have something to share. And everybody has something to share, by the way. But it's you have to realize it, and you have to own it. You have to own the fact that someone can be transformed by your words, by your story. And from there, I take them into, and I won't go into all the details of it, but it's a very intricate scientific process that I call a book blueprint. And because I have a science background as well as a creative background, and that's the thing that gets the big books done. And it's a whole process of creating a vision and architecture and really just a step-by-step -step writing plan that gets the book done. So, And that's a really important piece of advice is any kind of big project. Like you're going to build a house. You would never build a house without a blueprint. You just got hammer that nail into that. I don't know. Maybe put the carpet over here. You know, so any kind of big project needs a specific step-by-step -step plan. The bigger the project, the more detailed the plan which is why I created the book blueprint process, which really is a step-by-step -step foundation to getting your book written. Awesome, and I think that we're gonna offer something really fun at the end of our chat. So I won't give that away, but I will say, keep listening, because she's gonna give you something <laughs> awesome. Yep. You know, I think one thing that you said, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you really have a type of book you like helping people write. So in other words, you're not necessarily helping people write textbooks. Correct. So, so Tell us a little bit about that and, and how you got to choosing that type of book to focus on. Well, the type of book that I specialize in helping people with is what the New York Times calls a self-help memoir, which can sound a little cheesy, but the concept behind it is really solid. And it's the idea of finding that perfect inter intersection where your story and really the impact of your story intersects with the lessons that you learn from that story that can help other people either not repeat your mistakes or repeat your lessons or, you know, get the same transformation you got. And it's really finding the reason it's a self-help memoir is it's finding that exact story that leads people to the message. The difference between a memoir and a biography, biography is kind of like, first I did this and then I did this and then I did this. And that's really more all-inclusive. A memoir is taking a very specific, almost artistic slice of your life and describing the point A to B in a very intentional way that is designed around del delivering the lesson. So I'm really passionate about that because if it's just a story, it's just a story and there's really no action. If it's just the self-help part, the lesson, then it's you should, you should, you should, you should. You've seen those kind of like the self-help books like in the 1980s and they're just kind of shooting all over us. And without the story, we don't have the trust and rapport with the author to actually believe them and trust them and do the things they're telling us to. So you really need the story and the message together for that maximum impact. I love that they're shitting all over us. Yes, they are. <laughs> that is really interesting. And, you know, it makes me think about the books. You know, I I, I'm, I love books, but I don't always finish books. Mm -hmm. 
Me neither. And I always thought, what's what's wrong with me? Why can't I complete these? And I and listening to you and realizing, well, it's just because they're not my kind of books. Like I do love a good story. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, telling stories and, and peppering stories in any kind of book mm-hmm. is possible. Yes. And in particular, when you're, t- when you're talking about a memoir, right? Well, that's like one big story. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you help them kind of bring them both together? Are there, are you talking like they're telling stories and then they're like, well, here's how I figured it out. Here's an exercise for you. Or like, where does the self-help part come? Ah, well, a lot of, I mean, we do things just really by extracting things from people's head, like leaving their whole story. And it's, and it's really hard to describe like the process where you could sit here for two hours and tell me everything you've learned from your life and your entire life story. And it's almost like that movie, A Beautiful Mind, where he sees the things on the wall and pieces them together just with the ghostwriting talent, I guess my team and I are able to hear the stuff that we need and kind of block out what we don't need. So I'm not sure if that's what you're asking, but it certainly is a process that takes, you know, decades of experience. It's taking decades of experience for us to fine tune it. But the mistake that I see a lot of people is they want to put every detail, every lesson I've ever learned, everything that's ever happened to me in my life. And those are probably some of the books that you didn't finish. Maybe it's amazing, like the things that make us put books down. It might have been like this overwhelm, this kind of like, I don't know where I'm going with this or whatever, but either way, your brain is like, I'm done. Oh, that's interesting. So do you, is that something that you coach people on? So in other words, have you had clients that are like, here's my brain tap. I want to put this all in one book. And you're like, actually, that's four books. Exactly. Yeah. We take this out and say, and they get amazed every time, especially with our book blueprint service, where that's exactly what we do. We create that foundation by taking all that stuff from their brain and then sifting through and finding the actual book in the pile. And they always get amazed because they just feel like they're just brain dump and brain dump. And then two weeks later, they get this thing and they're like, oh my God, that's my exact book. How did, how did you do that? We've done it a few times. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and I think that that's really important. I think that, you know, when I, um, when I talk to people and they're like, oh, I've got, the, I've got a book. I, I really want to write a book. I said, the first thing I say is find somebody to help you. Like, this is not a journey you should go on on your own. Because even if it's the, the, the blueprint and the accountability piece, right? Somebody like you has poured your life into creating these programs and these systems for us. And I, it, it, there's, there's such beauty in that. And what's, what's even more ironic usually is that the people who want to write self-help books don't want to coach. It's like, well, you want to coach everyone else. You need to be coached in writing your book too. Like it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fun that, there's these elements that you can really help them uncover really what their book is meant to be about and not just all of the things they think they want the world to know. That's a really great point, you know? Um, So about this time, I like to talk about what's in our glass. So I'm going to share what's in mine first, since yours is totally going to lead to way more conversation. (laughs) So tomorrow is national Rose day. And of course I drink wine on, Wine Down Friday, crazy. Um, this is from one of my favorites. Uh, they actually sponsor Women on Wine as well. It's Cardis. I don't know if um, you've ever been out there. I don't know if you do the wine country or not. Uh, but Cardis is a fantastic Rhone house out in Lake Chelan. So they do a ton of Rhone-style wines. And this is their rosé. This is the 2015 rosé. It is delicious. It's like strawberries and yumminess, right? On It tastes like summer. It tastes like summer. And this is the cute little... 
glass that I got from one of my clients, Nicole Mangina. Isn't she cute? Oh, that's funny. Oh, wow. That's fun. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, she's just a sass. My, my glass is a sass, too. What can I say? Uh, so that's what's in mind now. Let's see your glass. I have some sort of, I think it's vanilla spice chai tea, which is my favorite type of tea. And I got this from my awesome assistant, Stephanie. I love this. I'm silently <laughs> correcting your grammar. Yeah. So, so let's talk about this a little bit, because I see a lot of angst about grammar on Facebook. <laughs> It can drive me crazy. I really, really do. And part of me, like, your, your drives me a little nuts, yes. And there, there, there drives me even more nuts. Um, what? How do you handle that? Like, as somebody whose profession is to critique and correct grammar, like, how do you direct message people? Like, do you let them know, hey, here's a better way to do it? Or do you just no. shake your head and go... That doesn't, that, that doesn't make people popular. And my saving grace is that I don't actually lead with my knowledge of grammar. I don't claim to be an English professor or even a copy editor. I have brilliant editors that I work with. So I lead, as you could probably tell at this point, with storytelling and strategy and really putting readers in someone's book and making them feel the emotions and the, the full impact of the life experience that my client has gone through. So that's where I lead. So I would put grammar and all that kind of that, that would be like a secondary thing which makes Facebook tolerable to me and I would certainly never correct people's grammar because that does, that's not nice because I don't want someone correcting my math yeah I I fall on the side of where you come from it's like you know if somebody's 45 and they're still using y-o-u-r for you are that conversation be in my head and, and move on <laughs> um, if they're a client I certainly let them know oh. and it's usually in a very kind way uh but yeah i actually see people just dig in and I, I just think oh my goodness there's so much more you can be doing with your geeky grammarness um so i appreciate your kind toleration of others inability to properly it would make facebook impossible but again because that's my secondary skill all the dangling participles and i, I have brilliant editors that handle that so I can just focus on the storytelling and that isn't so pronounced for me. Good. I love it. But I do love the cup. The mug is awesome. Yeah. So how about in your world, any fun, wild nicknames or things you've yeah. picked up along the way? I've always said fun, wild nicknames. The one that came with my second celebrity client was the literary drill sergeant because this was a client. Yeah. This, this is a, I, I take pride in that. I love being, you know, a butt kicker. Um, this was a client who had waited till just the eleventh hour. She had a deal with a major publisher, and just wasn't getting it done. I don't even think she, she hadn't even started it yet. And the publisher was just breathing down her neck, threatening to, you know, take the the contract back. Take, you know, just really make her life heck. And finally, you know, I think it was her husband finally brought me in and said, please help my wife. And I just kind of marched in. And this was a high profile person. And I, I just marched into the conference room. I had a stack of spreadsheets and plans and, and said, this is what we're going to do. And here are your responsibilities and here are your assignments. And you're going to do everything I say or else this thing's not going to get done. So it was one of those like, you're in a bad situation. You're going to do everything I say when I say it or else this thing is only going to get worse for you. So you just better listen to me. And that it kind of stuck from there. So now whenever, you know, because I, it comes from a place of love because the fact that, I mean, everybody, you know, should be getting their story out there to impact the lives of others. And it's, it's a hard thing. I mean, I'll just say it, it's hard to write a book. 
it's not easy. It's hard to write a book or else everybody would be writing best-selling books, which they kind of are now, but really not everybody yet. Everybody would be writing these huge, difference-making, life-changing, needle-moving books, and they're not because it's hard. It's hard to pull together just the level of detail for that for a book project, especially if you've never done it before. I've done it dozens of times for clients dating back 15 years, and it's still hard. So not to scare people, but it's still hard, and it takes just a lot of process and a lot of experience and knowledge. So when I'm pushing people, it comes from a place of love saying, look, I've done this before. I know how to get you the best results. I know in your heart that you want to make a giant difference with your book. I can do that for you, but you need to listen to what I said. So it's funny. I love it. So how do you, how do you let them know that's coming? Um, and let me give you an example. So one of the things that I find coaching people mm -hmm. is that um, some of them are just looking for somebody to kind of rub their shoulders and let them know everything's going to be okay. And I, at, at one point, that's kind of people I was attracting. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I, that is not the kind of client I want to attract. Mm -hmm. um, now, this is like 20 years ago, right? This is when I did my first roundabout with coaching. And I remember thinking, hmm, when I started this company, how am I going to combat that? So I started using Sassy and Moxie in my materials. Mm -hmm. So my branding includes Sassy and Moxie. And so it allows me to be a graceful yet truth-telling coach. Mm -hmm. So how do the people that you're working with know what to expect? How do they know that what they're getting is going to be the <laughs> literary, literary drill I, I tend to introduce that terminology into the very first phone call, so that right out of the gate, uh, because that's definitely one of the differentiators, is you work with me, your book gets done. There's no chance that it won't get done. And from there, uh, I, I like to say that I've mastered the disc personality thing pretty well, and I'm pretty good at just capturing what type of personality someone is pretty quickly and being a literary drill sergeant within those parameters. An example is a coaching client we had recently and she's a very high D, very strong, you know, leadership type. And we just continuously challenged her. She was another situation where the publisher was breathing down her neck and she'd only got halfway through it and was just kind of stalled on her deadlines and just, you know, pretty forcefully pushed her, pushed her through the process and even kind of cleared her personal schedule of like family commitments at one point just to get it done. And it worked beautifully and she just submitted a complete book and it's with the editors now and it worked. So it's being a literary drill sergeant, but also being very cognizant of the personality and communication style of the client to make sure that I'm speaking to them in their language. Excellent. Now, do you just do that naturally or do you actually have people go through kind of a, a survey or a process before you even work with them to go, yeah, we can work together. Like, how do you decide whether you want to work with someone or not? It's a combination of the two. I'm pretty good with gut instincts and figuring things out, but I certainly have a bunch of, you know, assessment tools available to me if I need it. So it's it's a combination. It's I work a lot with gut instinct. I'm sure you do too. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I think that it's, it's really important. One of the things I'm really passionate about is finding your niche and really not just identifying like who you want to serve, but going deeper into that. So you want to serve writers, but what kind of writers, you know, like really, cause there's so many people out there who you can attract and there's only so many, so much work you can do. Um, especially when you're doing smaller, smaller business type stuff. And, and it's so much more fun when you get to work with, if you love working with high Ds, you love breaking down the wild horse inside them, right? It's like them. finding them 
and that to me seems like like a great client for you because you're somebody who isn't afraid of a high D versus the others out there. Yeah, um, you're like, yeah, that's me. Bring it. <laughs> I would say the majority of yeah, the most the biggest success stories we have, of course, are high D's and and high I's in some variation because they really are. I and mean, this is why we get so many what I call business and entertainment celebrities because these are people that have achieved a lot in their life and they have a lot to say and sometimes the biggest challenge is to get them to sit down long enough to to make it happen because they have so much going on they're jetting around the world starting companies and businesses and angel investing and all these kind of things here but that's the kind of challenge i really enjoy is like the busier and more hectic and more dominant of personality style someone is i just it's like that's the sense my little spidey sense is just like oh i bet they have an awesome story oh god i need to hear it oh wait your little what swaggy sense spidey, spidey sense so so do you have um i'm assuming that since ghostwriter is a big part of what you do that you don't kind of open the kimono to most of your clients but do you have a book that you are like super duper proud of that you were part of and are allowed to talk about obviously like what kind a lot of them um ones that i'm the one that's upcoming is by the gentleman I mentioned, Russell Redenbaugh, and you can look up his TED Talk, and my name will be on the cover with him on that one. So I would look for that one this fall. He has a remarkable life story. And again, those are the ones that, in terms of our ghostwriting clients, I mean, because we do so many different levels of service to help people get their books done, whether it's the blueprint or the coaching, or you know, full service ghostwriting is more of just, we'll take it off your plate and write it yourself. So. The, the ghostwriting level, those are the ones that are the jet setters, the, the movers, shakers, and stars that are running around the world that don't have time to eat breakfast. And those are the ones where we just completely take it off their plate. But there's a whole bunch of tiers of people below that, too. Yeah, I, I'd actually like to dig into that really quickly, mm -hmm. um, just because we, we kind of flew right by that. But I think that's really important for people to understand is that there's different layers. Yes. So you mentioned, so you can, they can just buy the blueprint and get consulting with you is what so like is that like a diy would you say um the book blueprint service um there's there's going to be diy versions of it but that's a one-on-one -on -one service that's where we extract the story and message from your head and create okay. a blueprint just like you create for a house that says okay here's how you go build your house and there's some clients that are totally ambitious and driven and motivated and that's all they need the next tier above that is ones that are like that's great but i'm going to need you to kick my butt every week and also help me through writing obstacles and challenges that i just don't know how to, how to handle because i'm not a professional writer so those are some coaching tiers there and then of course there's the the jet setters the the mover shakers and stars that are just like just write my book i'm just going to talk and you just write professionally write my book awesome so is that process uh would you say where they're you're calling and, and interviewing them basically mm -hmm. pulling the information out they don't have to write a thing. You're just, you know, you're in their ear, they're in yours and off you go. I think that sounds so wonderful, right? Uh, so I'm assuming that that's like the, the premium platinum version of how you work with somebody. Yes. Because you are, you're basically turning into their, their, their personal hand. <laughs> right? It's also like therapy, but also, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But there's, yeah, that's the professional writing and that's the difference between, because there's some, you know, there's other ghostwriting that I've heard out there that's more of, you just talk into a tape recorder and I'll get a transcript back and I'll edit it into a manuscript. And what we do is, is far higher than that. I compare it to almost like, 
you know, do you want to, you know, microwave your dinner or do you want like fresh ingredients and have a beautiful gourmet meal? Well, that's professional writing and this is more, let me turn a transcript into a book. So just to be clear on our major difference between some of the other options out there, and that's great because they serve their niches and their clients very well. But what we do is, I mean, you have a professional writer who's done this dozens of times who crafts the story of your life in a way that hopefully has people at 4 a.m. gone crazy because they can't put your book down. Right, right. Well, and what I, I think is really important for people to understand here is that this isn't a business book. This isn't a, a, a normal self-help book like how to be happier in life or, or you know, 17 ways to do this. This is you actually telling your story, which I think is where, where people um, maybe aren't thinking about actually it being their story and how important it is that that's the book that you really invest in, right? So, so the, the books that I write based on my philosophies and my concepts and things, those aren't things to me where, where they, they deserve actually that kind of epic investment. But let me tell you, once I have that story to tell, I'll be like, Christine, <laughs> because that's, that's like, you're basically talking about your legacy, right? Yeah. You're, that's this piece of you. That's this legacy part of your story. And I think, you know, the, the more I talk to you, the more I just think, wow, what a blessing you are to so many people because they have, without you, they wouldn't do it. And without you, people wouldn't be able to read it. Mm -hmm. Like what a how cool. Do you just like high five yourself in the mirror? <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I, this is when you talk about definition of success earlier, that's it. Like these moments, um, when a client says, I never really like a client who didn't come to grips with something that happened to them decades ago in their life says to me, I didn't fully have closure on this thing that happened in my life until I told the story to you and saw how you wrote it. I mean, I, clients cry routinely with us. This isn't to scare people away, but it's usually, it's good crying. And people, you know, family members of theirs, they cry. I mean, I had one client where her father, uh, first time, just, and he's just like this amazing, tall statuette. Just, he has a, like, you know, those people that just have charisma and power. And first time I met him, he just like swept me up in his arms in this big bear hug. And he says, thank you for doing the honor of telling our family story. And I was crying, he was crying, everybody was. So it's like, that's when you're talking about legacy, you're telling stories that you've always had inside of you. You weren't sure if they were important or valuable to other people. You weren't sure how they could transform other people. But once you see them out, you get it. And it's that moment of, ah, and those are the things that create the, when you talked about the brand platform, the more powerful the story, the bigger the brand platform. The more you invest into your book, the bigger the speaking platform, products, brands, media. I mean, it just the bigger you make your book, the bigger the brand platform is. So there's nothing against, you know, what you're saying, 17 tips for accountants to do that. But that's going to be in proportion to the size of your brand platform. When you share of yourself, when you open up your soul, that's how much bigger the brand platform is. I love that. Yeah, you're totally inspiring me. And I actually think I'm thinking now of like two or three of my clients because, you know, what I do in my practice is help them find their core force. So I'm actually doing the therapy before they're ready to write their book, mm -hmm. right? This is the, you know, what do you value? What, you know, what are you passionate about? What, what is your life purpose? And is it in your life? And who do you, who are you meant to serve? You know, it's really this, this beautiful story that I help them uncover and define. But when I'm talking about storytelling with them, to use that word very loosely with an actual author here, um, it's 
sharing them online, right? Trying to attract ideal people into their world based on what their goals are, building a business, mm -hmm. finding new friends, you know, whatever it is that they can actually leverage who they are. And, you know, there's lots of crying in those conversations too. And I think what's so, what's so epic about this conversation is that you need someone else to actually help you. And, and you, you can't do it alone. Like you cannot go through the process of uncovering and defining who you are any more than you can go through writing the story of who you are and what you've been through and, and what you've learned. And, uh, you know, I think it's so easy to read victorious books, mm -hmm. but I think it's also incredibly interesting to read the journey, right? Like I want, I, I do want there to be a happy ending or at least an ending. Like I want to know what happens. <laughs> But I really, where I get sucked into every book is the middle, right? Like the journey, the A to B to S to Y to B again. Like that's the part where it makes me go, oh, I want to be connected to this person, right? That's what makes me not want to put, put the book down. I'm sure there's some fancy scientific geeky word for that, what I just said. <laughs> I mean, see, yeah, you're talking about the hero's journey. And first of all, a few things. People don't trust 100% victorious books because they know we have good radars and good gut instincts as human beings. And we know that's not the way life works. So the reason that you're drawn to the, you know, to the dips, to the, the lows is because you can relate to that because you understand that's the way life works. And then you talked also about um, realizing that you need help writing your book, you know, that you need some help with it, but it's also, you need someone, and this is what I take pride in what I love doing. You need someone who can see you through professional storytelling eyes. So I can look at our clients and say, I see you and I see your life and I see it in a way that you could never have predicted in your life. And that's, what's going to come out on the page. Whew. <laughs> so awesome. I love this. Okay, so so let's get back to you for a second. I'm gonna put the light back on you. Uh, you deal with people who are dealing with fear and doubt and you know self-deprecation. I'm sure as they're going through the process, I'm not worthy of my story being told. Um, so what inspires you to keep moving forward? Like, how do you when you're dealing? Because there's a there's a bit of a therapist in what you do, right? So you're kind of hearing. All of this stuff coming towards you. Yeah. How do you keep upbeat and moving forward? It's always upbeat to me. It's almost intuitive where people have said I should do workshops on how to do ghostwriting. And I guess I do it in a little different way because when people are telling me their stories, I'm there. Sometimes I can smell the smells and see the sights. It's, it's kind of weird. So what? It, so it's a little sidebar there, but I get very intuitive about it. But I just, I love it so much because as they're telling me the story, I'm not actually sitting there writing. I'm usually just sitting there with a headset on, just closing my eyes and just being in the scene with them. But I can already tell like, oh, this is going to be so great when I, I like know how to write this. I totally know how to write this chapter. And that's going to go into that one. It's just the excitement of knowing what the finished product looks like in my head. And then beyond that, the impact it's going to have on other people. I love when I get notes, uh, you know, like emails and, and messages that my clients, my book clients forward to me that they get from their fans saying, this book changed my life. Like I was going through this difficult time. And so they, when people forward me their fan mail, that makes my lifetime. That's amazing to me when people forward me their fan mail. And then I've seen people's books, they show me, you know, where their fans have just, you know, marked up the margins with, you know, tons of notes and everything like that and sent it to them to sign. And they're like, look at this impact that it had on this person's life. She just wrote all through my book. So that's what I'm thinking about also. So I'm thinking about a lot of things when people are telling me their stories, I'm thinking about the writing part, but I'm also thinking of like, oh, wow, people are going to be like blown away by this. 
I love this. I think what's so beautiful about about this and what so where my gifting is, is I'm like you are so right in your purpose. In your tribe, you are the storyteller. And and I think that it's easier to push through fear and doubt and all of those those self beliefs that make us feel like we're not going to be good enough when you actually you are so living your purpose like it is so clear and and that's what i really want people to see when they're watching this is that you know when some people answer what inspires you to keep moving forward they go on and on and on right because they're they really haven't reached that place where they're living right and stride with their purpose. And so I think that it's really important to celebrate that uh, for you and with you, because that's an, that's an epic achievement to actually, well, you've known your whole life, but to actually be doing it yeah. and, and to be doing it for others and with others in such a huge way that you're, you're becoming better and just more confident every day because you're living it. So I know you've got lots of things um, that you do during the day, but one of the favorite Fire Up community questions that they always ask me to ask is, what's the first thing you do in the morning? Exercise. Believe it or not, I roll it. And this is an interesting thing because talk about books having an impact on you. Well, the book that made me rethink habits and habits that just haven't stuck for me in the past has been a book called The Slightest Edge. And with a slight edge, sorry. And I just was having the worst time trying to remember to exercise three times a week. So I've decided I need to do it six, which sounds weird, but it's like one of those things where I just had to redo all my habits. And that was the first one. And so now I don't even think about it. I really, that's the very, maybe other than peeing, is the very first thing that I do every day. That's fantastic. Are there other little habits that you have that you do in the morning or do you just do, like when you're exercising, is, is it just exercise? And there is, are you reading? Are you watching Netflix? Like I'm, I'm an in the zone exerciser. I'm, I'm pretty intense about it, which is why I'd rather do it for a small amount of time, very intensely, than just kind of you know meandering on the treadmill. And that works for some people. And I know they get their reading in and they're on the treadmill for an hour. It's like I'd rather kick my own butt for 15 minutes than meander for an hour. So I do it pretty intensely. Oh, I love that. Well, you know what? I think you found you're definitely a high D. So that totally makes sense. <laughs> and, and I think that uh, you know knowing yourself. And I think that's really great advice saying, you know, I couldn't remember to do it three days a week. So I just started telling myself, okay, every day. <laughs> then I don't have to think about it. Is today my workout day? No, nope, yep. yeah, I mean, every day. You can probably guess how my brain works during the day and how many thoughts and stories. I mean, we haven't even talked about my own creative writing career, which is a whole different conversation. We're talking about my clients. And yeah, it, there have to be th some things that are on, actually most things are on automatic pilot for me or else they just won't get done. Totally. And, and, you know, I think as you get older, you start to realize I need to put me first. And, and I know in one of our, our pre-chats, we kind of uh, talk about like, what's your word of the year? And I love yours. Oh. And, and I love how you explained it. But I, I'd love for you to share your word of this year. I think I, I said it was selfish, right? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I've just, I, you know, and this is why I've gotten more done for myself this year with the exercising and finishing my very first novel that was on the 80% done um, level for about three years. So little, little things like that where I was putting myself last. So this year I just decided to be selfish about my own stuff and 
the clients I don't think have suffered. I, th I think they still feel loved. I just never realized it was possible to, you know, love the clients and love myself at the same time. Yeah, you know, I think um, it's interesting. I think selfish and failure have gotten the worst rap mm. in the English language. I think that failure is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think living a failing life is no. necessarily great. Just like I don't think living a selfish life or living selfishly is great, but I think I think it's more selfish when you give everything to everyone else and you have nothing left for you or your family. And so I, I when I first read it, I was like, oh, selfish, what does that mean? Like, where is she going with that? Because I know she's going somewhere creative with it. Uh, and I thought, you know, it's so good. The, the definition that you gave, you know, really focusing on your healthy habits and your state of mind only allows you to serve your community better. So let's bring it around to what you're working on now for you. I love that you, it's like the shoemaker's shoes. Yeah. The cobbler's kid or yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're finally working on your own project and it's, so tell us what, what's, like, tell us what about that. What's going on with that? Well, it's with the editors. I mean, this is something that started as a screenplay, believe it or not, in 1999. So this thing has been worked on for quite a while, and it just got sat on. And up until early this year, it was on the, you know, it was 80% done for three years. And it was finally just, again, with that that book, with you know, Changing My Habits, this idea, and this was a, this is advice that I've been giving to a lot of our authors lately, too, where they're looking for some big chunk of time to finish their book. They think that this cabin in the woods that you can spend six months writing your novel. It doesn't exist. It doesn't, Stephen King doesn't even have that. You know, you work it into your life. In fact, some of the most successful authors in the world are the busiest people. They don't have time. So for me, it was setting aside 10 minutes and I'd set the little timer on my phone for 10 minutes every night starting earlier this year. And that's how I got my novel done because of course, 10 minutes became a half hour. Some nights, sometimes it was 10 minutes. Sometimes it was two hours. Sometimes it was 10 minutes. Either way, it got done. Well, and that, that's far less pressure to me than carving out the six months up at the cabin. Yeah, because I'm just going to sit there on Facebook probably, you know, for six months in the cabin. Well, let's just be real. <laughs> yeah, right. And I, I think I fell into that category for a really long time, where it was like, oh, if I just like go by myself. And mine was a cabin too, of course. Um, on the water, though, yeah. right? I had water in my. In my romanticize the idea of of being an author. And the, the, reality is, the reality is it's squeezing it into your life in a, in a reasonable way. We tell our clients, I mean, I was just talking to a client earlier and working out her writing schedule because we just finished her blueprint. So I said, what, you know, start thinking about your writing schedule. And she said, okay, I'm going to be blocking off one evening for a few hours every week. I said, that's fine. That's perfect. She goes, is that enough? Absolutely, because you're saying I'm going to block out one evening per week, so you're going to protect that time like heck. It doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be, you know, an entire Saturday. It's what you can do, but it's doing it consistently and protecting that time as your writing time. But it's in the middle of chaos. We all know that. I mean, when we're writing a book, and it's it's not pretty sometimes. It's not, you know, Sex in the City where she's sitting there in the designer lingerie and the martini. And no, sometimes it's just sitting there and you haven't showered in a few days and you're wearing your old navy finest. I mean, and there have been times, again, I've been writing my whole life, and there have been times where I'm sitting there trying to 
finish a chapter for a client and I don't know what childbirth or labor is like, but it, I'm sweating in my heart. I'm just like, why won't this chapter end? And it's just, it's not pretty, but it's so worth it. And it's just sticking with it and it's process. It's having a process, having a system, having a strategy, having the commitment. But if you're sitting here thinking it's going to be pretty and lovely, well, the first time you run up against the reality of it not being pretty and lovely, you might run screaming, but just stick with it and have a system, have a writing schedule, have a strategy. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there are so many nuggets in what you just said. I especially love the flashback to Carrie in lingerie with <laughs> a martini. Yeah. Because I think that that, I think there are, there are many people who, who almost like being, uh, almost like being on TV or being an actor, you think you need to look a certain way and talk a certain way and have a certain story to tell. And I just love how you just totally broke it down. Like that's the reality. And you went through that yourself, right? You're saying it's, I've had this book going for three years now. So what actually got you, besides being, you know, selfishly protecting your time, like what, what is it? Were you just like, dang it, I'm doing this or, or oh, what? No, this is a total, total shout out to one of my best girlfriends in the world. And now this is also someone she, this, this is a level of ambition that I've never heard of in any author, let alone any of my clients. Her name is Kelly Lucente and she wrote her book, a regular full-size business book, in nine days. Wow. And it was her saying to me, girlfriend, if I can do that, I am going to kick your butt until you get this novel done. I'm going to show up at your house. I mean, she just like, she's unrelenting as a person, which is why I love her. I mean, D personality, forget like, I've never met this level of D, but she was going to show up at my house until I finished this novel. She just basically put the fear of God in me and it was like D to D. So it, it challenged me. It brought my challenge up and my competitive. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. But um, yeah, it was, I mean, sometimes it takes, you know, there's a lot of people that have, you know, kicked my butt over the years. Sometimes it just takes that one person and it's the right time and it's the right message. And it's the fact, I mean, how can I argue with someone who wrote a book in nine days? She's like, if I can do this, you can do that. And my yeah. logical, rational science mind is like, I got nothing. I just have to do it because I cannot argue with that. Right. Right. And, and you know, that's, I think that I'd like to just shine a light on the, it was the right time. I think that also sometimes we just have to kind of let go mm -hmm. the whole, let go, let God concept of like, it's you just because you think now is the time that you're supposed to do it. doesn't necessarily mean now is the time you you're going to know. Mm -hmm. And so why not connect with someone like you before it's even happening and just figure out what do I need to do next? So how do how does anyone inside the, the fire community connect with you? Like what's, what's the best step for them to kind of plug into what you're offering? Maybe they're not quite ready yet. Maybe they're thinking, Oh, this totally tickles me and I really want to do it. But um, what do they do next? The easiest way is just go to our, our website, Christine dash Inc. C H R I S T I N E dash like hyphen Inc. I N K.com. And there's, you know, a little bit more information. There's, you know, ways to connect, sign up for our mailing list, uh, schedule a consult with me. That's, that's the easiest way. And then in the next few weeks, we actually have a pretty exciting transformation, but it will still live at that URL. So you'll still be able to find me no matter when you see this video at Christine dash Inc. I N K.com. Okay, I'm gonna drop that down here uh, in the little chat space. Yeah, yes. Is that right? I did that right? Yahoo! I love it. So how about um, that little goodie that we were talking about earlier? Uh, something, something? 
my little invention. See, I just, just when I say my little invention, just traditionally in the book world, you can hire an editor once your book is done, or you can hire a ghostwriter to do your book. I've invented all these other ways because I recognize that people need help beyond simply writing your book and getting an editor or the full service, just write my book for me. So one of the things I invented, as I've been talking about throughout the interview, is the book blueprint process. And that really is the step-by-step -step architecture of everything you need to sit there step-by-step -step and write your book versus looking at the blank white screen and hoping words appear through the martini and the lingerie and everything else. It's much, <laughs> it's much easier, and you know this as a coach, it's much easier to accomplish your goals when you have a step-by-step, -step, actionable, clear plan. And that's what the book blueprint is. So what I have put together is a book blueprint guide, and it guides you through our entire process step-by-step step, that we work with people one-on-one, -on -one, but this will tell you our secrets. It'll tell you all the secret sauce and the systems and the science and all kinds of S's behind our book blueprint. And it is normally sold on our website for $27, but for all of you watching today, use the coupon code INKFRIENDS, I-N-K-F-R-I-E-N-D-S, and you will get the guide for free. Okay, just drop that into the little uh, window to the side. That's perfect. Yes. Um, and then one last thing. I got an email from you yesterday hmm. about the summer sizzle at the ink. Yes. So if they sign, if they go to christine-ink.com, will they see that information? If they sign up, will they get that information? Or like, I really want to make sure they see that because I love the, the concept of what you have laid out there. So um, do you want to share a little bit about what Summer Sizzle is and then how they can get involved? Yeah, they can contact me and say, you know, send me the Summer Sizzle special email and I'll make sure that you get it. So just contact me and I'll get you hooked up with anything that we talked about today. So don't be in the dark about anything. What I came up with for this is what I realized is beyond books, but mainly books, People are kind of what I use the equivalent of pushing the peas, the vegetables, like a little kid around their plate and not eating them with their creative projects. I'm going to write a book. I got to do, I got to redo my website. I need to write these articles on this. They have a lot of creative projects that they're kind of pushing around, but not pushing off their plate. And as the literary drill sergeant, I am really, really good at helping people get stuff done, especially creative stuff. And I started thinking about it. I said, the summer is the perfect time for this because, every, you know, people put things off in the summer thinking, you know, it's summer, I'll get to it in the fall, but let's have a reality check here, folks. After Labor Day, you're in end of the year mode, you have revenue goals, you have like the business stuff to do. Not that creative isn't business because you can make a lot of revenue through your creative projects, but really after Labor Day, that's like a whole new sprint that happens. So why not figure out your creative stuff this summer? At least put a plan of action in place, at least make a dent in the creative projects, at least have you know a plan of action so you know how you're going to get your book, your website, all these words, all this, this creativity you need done. So I came up with a summer sizzle special to help people get these creative projects off their plate. So come after Labor Day and then Christmas, they're still not talking about their someday book. I love that. What a, what a great gift to give themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's it's almost like the concept that we were talking about earlier with working out. Like, I can't do it. I'm having a hard time doing it just three days a week, so I'm going to do it every day of the week. So I remember, this is like investing in the fact that you're moving forward. Yes. And, um, I, I listened to the um, Pat Flynn's podcast. I don't know if you ever listened to him. He's a smart passive income guy. He's awesome. So if you ever have time on your hands to listen to a fun podcast, he's great. He has great guys on guys and gals and they they consistently talk about 
the premium side of life. Like when you actually invest in something, like the, it feels better and it feels more worthy of your time. So you could buy white socks at Target for five bucks or white socks at Nordstrom for 15 bucks. And how you handle them, even how you launder them is different. I mean, it's just the psychology. So um, investing in yourself, being your number one investment, like do it. Like, who else deserves that investment um, more than you to, to make the impact that you're meant to make? So I love that. Any last minute words that you want to give to the Fire Up community today? Any last minute tidbits? Yeah, I, all I would have to add to what you just said would be about just how we're leading with, we're leading with content and story these days. So all these creative, creative projects that I just talked about, these are definite investments in your business and your brand. So never just think a book is a book. A book is never just a book. Your writing is never just your writing. Your story is never just your story. It's always something bigger. It can always be something bigger. So it's definitely worth taking some steps to get it done. Oh, I love that. And that's a great reminder for me. Sometimes I do just think it's just a book and that's good. That's a good word. I'm going to take that. I'm going to run with it. Well, I wish you along with the entire Fire Up community, just the most amazing, amazing, blessed launch with your new company brand, your personal brand, your personal author brand, everything launching. Um, that's later this month, right? Next month. Or next everything month. is happening this summer. So everything is this summer. There's lots of sizzle. Yes, clients are sizzling. Clients are launching books. So we're having a, we're having a very sizzly summer. It's sizzling. It's, it's summer. I love it. So <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on Fire Up Wind Down. It has been such a pleasure. And I truly believe that you are going to change lives and that there are people who are listening right now who are feeling so inspired yeah. to make that, make that step. So thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.